When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 Trot's Life. It is moving day on Trot's Life and it's a moving day with a difference as we look back at the year that was. I'll be joined by Tim O'Connor, that is for sure. He's in studio here, which I'm very excited about. Uh, We haven't done your intro yet, Tim, so we're not getting to you. You're not allowed to talk. You can say something. Say something. Hello. Oh, you could have said something. I thought you'd say something when I said say something. <laughs> Massive show. We are going back. Uh, footy style awards. I do like doing it a bit different, as everyone knows. So we'll have a best and fairest, a runners up. We're going to look at horses and participants in separate categories as such. Uh, so get involved on the text line 0499 736 736 uh, at your awards, who you've seen throughout. Uh, and Jason Bonington was due to join us, and he's here. He is here, the great right man. Blazer as well. <laughs> Good to see, because this is Blazer. a big night. This is a gala awards evening. This is a gala awards evening. Mm. Uh, I'll let you get set up, Jace. And we just have to, one more time this year, uh, Tim O'Connor, teeing off with Tim has been very popular, and this is this could go into some sort of awards for greatest introduction. Uh <laughs> Of the year, I would say. I'm here in Melton, Australia. <laughs> there is a rare species here called the peacock. <laughs> this peacock attends horse racing events and after success, it puffs its chest out and makes... These loud calls. This particular peacock <laughs> is named Tim. Tim O'Connor. <laughs> I, I was hoping for the other one. I was hoping for the other intro, but uh, I'm glad that's over for a year. We can put that one in the scrap heap, I reckon, Wombat. <laughs> it's not me worse, that one. There's been a it's couple best, of ordinary intros across the year. Garrick Knight cops a few. Jason, 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 how are you, my friend? Oh, hang on. Yeah, no, so if you want me to talk to you, I mean, I can talk to you privately, Wombat, <laughs> but the mic needs to go on. Um, that's what my voice sounds like normally. I thought it was me for a second uh, with, the, uh, with the raspy voice. Very happy to be here. Looking forward to the award ceremony. And thank you to David Attenborough for contributing to the show as well yes. on that. 
<laughs> on that piece. Jason does a great Mark Purden. That's his, that's his best uh, impersonation. Oh, no, I've got a few. You've got a few. a good South African race call, yes. too. So before we get stuck in it, we'll go through. We'll be a best club person slash best club horse, I suppose. There'll be a most consistent and a most improved. There'll be a best and fairest and a runners-up best and fairest. And Stu has sent in on the text machine. Hey, mate, a few of my own thoughts. I'll leave best and fairest uh, to the experts, but the Quiver Award, Ken Covington, this was a tough one, just so many quivers across the year, but Ken's words have stayed with me. We had Ken Covington on Trot's Life talking about his battle that he had had uh, previously with he lost his job, he had cancer at the same time and what harness racing did for him, getting him through at that stage. Rising star Shannon O'Sullivan, uh, which he's not the only one on that list talking about Shannon. Most improved... Tim O'Connor from regional oh, from regional journo to mega media performer and prominent owner. Most consistent. It's all accurate. Most consistent. You're just nothing but a regional journo a couple of years ago. Jeez, <laughs> we've, geez, we've lifted you up by the beach traps, haven't we? Absolutely. Most consistent. <laughs> what a heavy and and Macca, which was a great story that just kept paying dividends. Yeah, it was. Best clubman, Pogger Solder for his Harness Community Challenge oh, yes. work. Oh, yeah. Great club. Uh, best ID story, Diane or Majestic Harry. We got to follow him across the four nights. Saw Bond catch the moment. Great story. Coaches Award. Oh, yeah. We could have had a Coaches Award. I didn't think of that. Brett, Brett and Darren Carroll, outstanding effort on the punter's podium. So thanks, for mm. Stu, for that contribution. Before we get stuck in, let's get our breakaway for this half an hour. We'll come back and we'll get stuck into uh, the best club person category. <laughs> You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Jason and myself as well, and we'll kick off with best club person. And Tim O'Connor seemed pretty keen on this, and I've got I've got a horse and a person, and they're pretty. My person certainly left of field, Tim. I don't think you'll know them, but I'm interested to hear. Uh, you can kick off. You can swing away. Can, first, well, I'll start Martin. with the horse. Uh, so the best club person slash horse. I'm going with a horse that's had 52 starts this year, uh, <coughs> trained out of Victoria now for eight wins, 11 seconds, eight thirds, $44,000 in prize money. Yes, this is, this is almost like Machiavelli. a Close. Good feelings for Ben Yole gets the best club person award. 52 starts in a year. I think that's worthy of a round of applause. So well done to good feelings. He is my best club person for the year at 11 years of age. Good on him. He's a ripper. So the best club person's normally someone that's sweeping up the rooms afterwards or that's ever consistent, always there, does a great job. But I've gone with better's delight. What a club person, better's delight. Can you imagine at a footy club having someone that sired maybe 15, <laughs> 15 players in the ones and, and 10 in the twos? <laughs> he would have to be the best club person. Could you imagine Nathan Buckley, Jason? Mm-hmm. Don't having, like talking about Nathan Buckley that much. I think you know that, but anyway. Was having 200 uh, sons and daughters a year and half the Collingwood I'm going to tweet that. So what's that? Nathan Buckley's had 200 <laughs> sons and daughters a year. Imagine having them. And, and Collingwood That's why Football he couldn't Club, coach the pies very well. He was too busy having, having oh, sons no, and daughters. Set him off here. The Collingwood Football Club's got... Off, got I've been watching sons and daughters. Got hundreds, hundreds of father and sons on offer of, you know, father-son... Pickups. That's the only year. way footy clubs are actually surviving these days. Virtually, <laughs> Collingwood wouldn't be anywhere without father, 
Well, well, um, the better delight. Well done. Yeah, I am better delight. I think he's. Uh, well, it's a big and nice low profile one there. Yeah. Uh, the best well, I thought it was one. Yeah, yeah, who's your best club person as a horse? Uh, my, I don't have. I'm not armed with all the stats that Tucky's, but I'm going to make uh, Aussie Butler my best club person. Yeah. To, very to, good. To, to turn up at the club and get your head beaten in. <laughs> Week in, week out for about two years by Bernie Winkle and then keep turning up and eventually turn the tables and find a way to dominate up there at Mildura. I thought, you know, you know, you turn up and you get smashed week in, week out at training and on the track and then and then all of a sudden you turn it around. And he's been a twos player. He's got he? Battler in his name. Yeah. You know, it works. Well done, Aussie Battler. Yeah. What a superstar he's been. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> uh, the people, Tim. Start with me. This one's not that left field, and uh, it's already been mentioned on this program already in the first 15 minutes, but I'm going with Darren Carroll as my best club person. I think uh, in this last year at least, uh, I come into this job two years ago and I heard about the mysterious Carroll brothers. Didn't know who they were. I heard they were big punters, but uh, they're much more than that. Darren has been fantastic with the punters' podium. Uh, He's an owner. Uh, He gives his time, asks for very little, if anything, Yeah. and I think he is the perfect best club person. He's a lovely bloke and, and a great judge. So Darren Carroll is my best club person for 2022. Anthony O'Brien. You've got me there. Yeah. Windows, we call you. Yep. Yeah. Footy is actually his nickname. He's mm. a clerk of the course and he does a wonderful job. He does a lot of clubs, but mm. I thought I wanted to pick a clerk. It could have been Tony Asprey. It could have been Casey Parker. It could have been any of the clerks, Brian Lincoln, just to name a few. But they do a wonderful job there, the club people. They're behind the scenes. They're cleaning up the mess at the end of the day if there's a fall or something. They do it without fuss, without any ado. So I wanted to re- uh, recognise the clerks of the courses. And by, I had to name one, I suppose. Anthony O'Brien's a mate of mine, so he got the, he got the nod. He got the nod. Well done, Anthony. Well done, Anthony. Footy. Windows. Footy. <laughs> uh, I gave it to uh, Joey Thompson as my uh, best clubman. Um, yeah. I turned up in a I've pretty... Got an, I've got an anecdote unless you're going to give... Well, I turned, up, you, I turned up to Charlton in a pretty disappointed state, it has to be said, and uh, <laughs> not, Joey looked after me and he... Um, and Where did you wake up in the next he, day? At his house. That's, that's why I'm giving him best clubman. How'd you get home? Well, he... Yeah. I'm going to be in the running. We got home. We got home. We got home. But, anyway, uh, talk about Joe. He was... Uh, he... Um, yeah, he joined in the chorus. Uh, we were both pretty disappointed by the end of the uh, a very big night. They do a great job on that day at, at Charlton, and they're a great club. They're just a great club. But um, yes, I'll give him best clubman for taking me on a full tour of the entire property. Basically, he owns a third of. So we were going around Charlton for like half a day, I reckon, <laughs> and uh, and gave me uh, gave me a bed and, and uh, some Vegemite on toast and. And uh, and a cup of chamomile tea. So Joey Thompson gets best clubman for yeah, me. Good call. He would have loved you because it would have been a one-sided conversation too. You you would have had no voice the next day the way you were going when I left. Well, so, no, I kept. I, I was trying to talk, but I think if I can talk underwater with a mouthful of peanuts, then Joe, Joey can park outside me and drill me into submission. And he he hasn't been of the greatest health. He's had a uh, bit of a health scare, Joey, but he's on the uh, road to recovery. So that's bad news and good news at the same yeah, time. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, best that's a good one. That's a very good one. It was a very well, good, good one. Good three. Very good three. All right. Most improved category. Mm. Uh, well, I suppose we just keep going. You can keep. Uh, Ticking away, Tim. I'm Got some off. trouble in the studio here. Ah, we might yeah. have to just sort that out. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's you want me to go? I'll go with the horse. Uh, look, this... Um, where is my list? Uh, my most improved is a horse that... Uh, I've spoken about this horse with Luke Humphreys numerous times. He's probably not listening, but 
This horse has probably gone backwards in the last couple of months, but this award's throughout the year. Uh-huh. My horse is Mil- Thomas Heights yeah. from Mildura. He won seven straight races for Frank, uh, Frank Machika, uh, Mercica, sorry, when he went from Shane Smith's stable to him. Uh, and he, yeah, myself and Luke Humphrey spoke often about uh, the rapid improvement. We couldn't think of a more improved horse at that point in time through that seven straight wins. And then he came down and spent a little bit of time at Andy Gath's stable. Andy probably, uh, he's probably listening. And, oh, I think he went backwards at Andy's, but he still managed to win a race uh, on a Saturday night with him as well. So from the horse that was going around in 30 to 50s at Mildura, um, I recall backing him the night before Frank took over and he went around at 100 to 1 and he ran second. And then he was going around and winning uh, for fun there at Mildura through a, a glorious period around the carnival there and then come down and won in Melbourne. So Thomas Heights, one of my favourites there. He gets the nod as most improved. Jason? Uh, most improved. Uh, I, I thought this was... I thought we might be in in agreement here, but no, not with Tim at this stage. Uh, I gave it a better eclipse, actually, the horse. Mm. I don't, don't you start. <laughs> I, I, I had you at a dollar Out of your freaking mind. Yeah. Out of your really freaking mind. Him. Um, this is a strategic, strategic play. Most improved. Well, he wasn't like this time at the end of last year. Like he's turned up. He wasn't. I don't think people expected him to be the the chariots of fire winner with the sunshine sprint in a second in the Victoria Cup. I did. Uh, <laughs> we, we're aware of that one, but we're aware of it. Um, you, you've played that in a, a, a number of occasions. I've left you alone about this for about six months, though. I must admit. You know why? Because the expiry date ran out on it. You're only allowed to go. You're only, you, you're only allowed to go for so long. But um, yeah, he's been uh, he's been a revelation, and I think even now. Uh, as we go into the Vic Bread Super Series, he's not the... He's never going to be the horse that's just going to go and dominate the Grand Circuit. He's not that kind of horse. But for um, for him to have improved to the level where he's won two big Group 1s and he might get another Group... Well, he might have three Group 1s by the end of the year, which is um, extraordinary. So, yep, most improved, a better eclipse. All right, my horse, start of the year, was in an up to 95 at Menangle and started $8.50. And ran fifth, ran eighth in a Wagga Cup. It dead heated in the Blacks of Fate Consolation. It won a Len Smith and an Inter Dominion final. I cast no shadow. Has to be the most improved horse of the year. Has to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It certainly. Uh, <laughs> it certainly gets the award, and I won't be getting any arguments from me. I was watching that replay last night, actually, and I still can't believe how uh, he's come out and won an Inter Dominion. But that's a fair. Uh, that's a fair most improved. I think that's a good little trio. I mean, they went 26 for the third quarter. It's Act this Now replay. on the final bend from Expensive Ego. Honolulu Bay's joining in. End of the straight. Act Now, four metres. Honolulu Bay down the outside. I cast no shadows pushing through. I cast no shadow got through to grab the lead. Torrid St. Late. It's I cast no shadow in front. I cast no shadow. I cast no shadows. Won it from Torrid St. A photo third. Honolulu Bay. You can tell I knew he'd get a mention. Yes, no, that's good. I'll, I'll pay that. Um, Torrid Saint too. Yeah, quite an amazing effort too. I know, he, I know he got the run, but he could have featured in an award here somewhere, couldn't he? He may yet. He may yet. He may yet. He may yet. All right, we've still got uh, plenty of time, so we'll push on. Oh, we got the most improved participant, and I'm going to kick off here. You go, Mark Pitt. Most winners he dro- driven in a season was 118. Mm. He then drove 97 and 99, and then we all know uh, he missed a, a little while. He's come back this year, 221 winners. That's He's nearly double what he'd ever performed uh, prior, 
at 39.2% strike rate. Yes, we know he's associated with a really powerful stable, but as far as most improved, like coming off where he'd been over the last five years, most wins ever 118 up to 221. That's a staggering difference. So I had him a clear most improved him. Good one. Very good one. He might feature in one of my awards later, so he's, <laughs> yeah, uh, he yeah. might as well bring the bag along and take a few awards. Home. I don't know what we're giving out. We're going to give out. Are we going to give out something? No, we're not. Don't come and see us. Kudos. Yeah, kudos. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, not a driver. I'm going to go with a trainer. And um, Jess Tubbs gets my award for the most improved. I've uh, been going back through her stats. She's uh, in the state trainers premiership this year, 426 uh, races or starters and 92 wins. But I reckon it's the level of horses. Level of horses mm. and, well, the size of the stable's grown astronomically. I've heard Greg and, and Jess talk about how they've actually got to knock back horses or they're at capacity, but it's the races they're winning. Uh, they're winning big races. They won the Inter-Dominion final with Just Believe, uh, Better Eclipse, who's already won an award, picked up a couple of group ones. Just Believe won uh, the Bill Collins, I think, Bon as well. So they're winning uh, good <coughs> races as well as the bread and butter races, and they've got stack of horses in this thick bread series coming up uh, on new, in the next week or so. So Jess Tubbs gets my award. Something about Eilie won the Nutrien sales, two-year-old race? Uh, yes, yep. correct. Another group one. So what would it be? Be four, five group ones for the year? And Something it, like that? We've probably missed some. Yeah, probably missed five. As well. I reckon it's... The, yeah. old, the, old, the old quiz um, theory that I go by, think of as many as you can. And then add one. So we've got five, so they probably won six. six. Well, it's, yeah. uh, I think from, from uh, yeah, she's always been a very good trainer. I think she's very close to being a great trainer now, and um, she gets my award. It's just horses like the Celestial horses they grabbed hold of and took them from 65 to 80 raiders. They seem to add 15 rating points to those sort of horses as well. Does that yeah, make sense? It does. They, the, the, tr- the Trotters have been the, mo- the, the most extraordinary Yeah, bit, I reckon. Stable you can, you can back with Visionary's now going to be, I think he's going to be a future star. So, yeah. Greg driving them, a lot of the horses, uh, is a huge tick as well. And yeah, uh, having helps. Bailey as your second stringer uh, is also a pretty good uh, backup. So they're all ticking along. I don't think they should be changing anything out there. It's all working mm. well. But Je- if Jess was here, she'd talk about all the team around her, like there's Greg, there's Jess, there's uh, Amy's helping out sometimes, mm. there's Ross Sugars. Alan Rickson's out there. Alan Rickson, there's Bailey McDonough. There's, that's the team of people, isn't Kerry it? And Kylie. And, uh, Kerry and Kylie, yeah. For Jess, for Jess to quit her job in the greyhound racing industry to uh, pursue that, it's a big... Look, it's obviously one of her biggest accolades to win this most improved, uh, the Tim O'Connor Award, but, um, yeah, well done to Jess. Kerry Sugars is the uh, silent hero out there. Yeah, I've heard that. Well, she's a, she's, a, she's a hard, incredibly hard worker. Up first thing in the morning, so uh, and 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 uh, and is gets in there like everybody else. Doesn't have the doesn't have the big name of some other sugars. Percentage chance when I asked her to come on the show. What do you reckon? She said? Uh, minus twelve. Yeah, yeah around zero, that. Yeah, zero. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not now, but not ever. Yes, yeah, yeah. correct. Most improved, Jason. I did. I, I couldn't. There's not been nobody that really stood out. I, I went with Michelle Phillips. Yep. I think she's been, I think... One group one. Yeah, and I think she probably began her driving career and was serviceable at the very beginning, and she's gotten better and better and better. And the way she drives up there in the Sunraysia, talking about Mildura a lot, but she's... That's a great breeding ground. And you know what? You don't get too many easy wins up there either because uh, a lot of the the very best young uh, range people in the country... Go up to Mildura. We know that Ryan Sanderson and Jack Law and Jimmy Herbton even goes up there. Alex, all of them go up there. So you're not getting an, you're not getting easy kills. And she's 
built a hell of a lot of confidence and got a lot of wins. If you look at where she's sitting on the concession trial, like she's fourth or fifth. So she's got a lot of wins and I think she's built a lot of confidence. She's happy to send one when she needs to. Um, tactically, I think she's really improved. So Mish Phillips for me, former intern at Harness Racing Victoria. Redcliffe Cup, was that the race she won with? Yep, with... Um, Seb's choice. Seb's choice. And uh, trained her first winner during the week yeah, in a Vic Bread heat at Maryborough. Has it not won a race for her yet? Nope. God, it's run some races yeah. then. Yeah, and she'll have a, a, a starter in a Group 1 final. Yeah. Kimura Safi. Kimura Safi yep. running a Vic Derby final, so this will be her second Group 1 runner. Yes, so... Uh, this one's a real chance, not 150 to 1 chance. Yeah, no, it's a good one, good one. Good little trio there. Yeah, good little trio. I, I, don't, I don't think we want to go into most consistent yet. We might save that for after the news... Um, Craig Demore would have some interesting thoughts on that, Jason, after yesterday. They were in a battle royale to get behind the leader and uh, there was swaying opinions around Warrigal yesterday as to who was uh, who had the right to get that position behind okay. the leader. Michelle Phillips got the position behind the leader on a Jeffrey Clout-trained horse. And I can actually play... a good bloke award? Because he, he'd go close. I know if Jeff wanted one True. thing, if Jeff wanted one thing today, this is what he would have wanted. I actually don't know. That shit. My shower must be leaking. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed to hear that Jeff likes that. And put he it, put it, it. Did he put it his, as his best and fairest highlight of the year? He didn't exactly, but I know, seeing he came up, <laughs> and uh, he did mention how much he loves that little grab. And he, he said, I've noticed, Toby, you always played at the end of the segment because... I said, and I said, you know why? Because Tim will hang up the phone. I'll be I think. Out. <laughs> the timeline will get switched off. <laughs> he will dead set. <laughs> it'll be, the, the toys will be out of the car. They will. And it'll be turned off. I, uh, yeah, I'm still not sure what happened there. There was a ghost in the house, I think, at that point in time. Mm. So you never saw what the leaky shower, it was the shower, wasn't it? Please uh, tell me it was a shower. Yeah. Yeah, the shower. Yeah, <laughs> the mystique and the intrigue builds. Sammy Hargraves did, did, did a little show out of the shower at one. But like it was, oh, it was a new segment. Some wind acoustics. Yeah. He did a ten-minute thoughts from the shower yeah. or something. It was. <laughs> what time did it run? Was it, was it an after-hours type show no. or? Uh... It, was, it was no visual stuff. It was <laughs> a, a, purely an audio show. None of these things. Or no. they are. It no. went down like a lead balloon, didn't it? <laughs> people were just like Sammy, do not have to. Sammy's finishing. It was a bit divisive. A couple of people actually thought it was a, thought it was a good idea, but um, I don't. I don't think it's continued. I don't know. It hasn't. I don't continued. know if Sammy's continuing on. Not for that reason, obviously. No. No, I hope we're not. Let's get to the news and we'll be back the other side. We've got most consistent, uh, someone off the text. If Shannon herself doesn't get an award, there'll be an inquiry. Hashtag fanboy. Now, I think I know that number two. Um, Bring it. Uh, no. Cold call it. No, I know who it is. Yeah. His name starts with D, ends in Annie McKinnon. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, restraining all the time, Shannon, but uh, we'll, we'll worry about that <laughs> off air. Uh, let's get to the news. We'll come back the other side. We've got most consistent, best and fairest, and runner-up, best and fairest. You're listening to Thursday Trots Live with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Suggested this song. Sorry, welcome back. Uh, sorry, I'll let you do that. Yeah. yeah, welcome back. Who suggested this song, Jason? Have a guess. John Donahoe. No. Nims Azure. Somebody suggested this on a, uh, I think it was a Saturday night, an SEN track personality. 
Who loves harness racing? Uh, Damo Watson. I wasn't Damo. <laughs> no, don't know. Josh Jenkins. Jenkins. Hmm. It was going to be Jason Bonington there for loves, sure. Love songs and dedication. It's a that really weird celebration, song. <laughs> It's not a I was walking in Memphis. No, he had it as his celebrations up. Like, oh, that's not a oh, that's right. Yeah, that's what did we, 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 we I think we knew, yeah. I had something really weird too. I had yeah, REM no. uh, losing my religion. I mean, these are celebration like songs. Song. I just like the song. It just made me happy. Well, yeah. It didn't make any I, sense. I'd like Hallelujah by, uh, <laughs> by uh, my old mate. What's his name again? <laughs> not Lenny Cohen, but the other Anyway, Jeff Buckle. Tracy off the text machine. Thank you, Tracy. My tear-jerking story is when Toby opened up about the condition of his gorgeous son to give us awareness about his condition. Thank you, Tracy, and we will see you soon. Uh, Jason says, J-Bon, HRV, should employ former radio and television newsreader Jennifer Hansen. That's interesting. Um, and <laughs> that is left field. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That is left field from Jason. Do you know who Jennifer Hansen's married to? I'm giving you more trivia. Dr. Carl from Neighbours. Anyway, Alan Fletcher. I was on a... I'll give one more trivia. I flew overseas once and he was on the plane near me. That's not trivia. How was I supposed to get that? Well, he didn't get it. So you're all wrong. I can't wait till I'm on. Who wants to be a millionaire? So the million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Who is on the plane near Tim O'Connor? That is trivia. (laughs) I know this one. (laughs) It's trivial is what I meant to say. (laughs) Imagine you went with the wrong neighbour's identity. How stiff would you be? I'm going to go Margaret. No, unfortunately, (laughs) it was Alan Fletcher, Dr. Carl Kennedy. You go home with $1,000. I knew this show it go in strange places. <laughs> that, that's a new level, Tim. Now, most consistent, so we're getting up to the big awards now. This is generally third in the best and fairest at most football clubs. So most consistent for horse and trainer and Tim, I'll kick off with you on this occasion. Give us your most consistent horse and there's a number of ways you could look at this, I suppose. Yeah, I've uh, I've kept it pretty straight bat for the major awards. Uh, nothing too left field. I've gone the most consistent horse. Uh, I just think Ladies in Red. Uh, we don't need to talk too much more about her. She just doesn't miss miss. Mm. Uh, and the only time she gets beaten uh, is when any other horse would get beaten. You know, the maps against her or, or or something like that. Otherwise, she wins, and she almost always wins. So the most consistent horse for me throughout twenty twenty two. His ladies in red. Hope to see her back at the track too. Uh, obviously injured at the moment. So uh, all reports are that she is coming back. So we'll see her through the middle of the year. I looked at King of Swing. Four from four. It's pretty consistent. But he wasn't there all year. Mm. I ended up settling on Majestic Cruiser. Ran fourth in the Miracle Mile at the start of the year, which is hard to believe when you think back. First in the New Zealand Messenger. He went all the way to New Zealand. He won at Blacks of Fake in Queensland. Went back to New Zealand, ran amazing races in the New Zealand Cup and the New Zealand free-for-all and came back here. I think he was at the end of his tether, actually, after a long year, Majestic Cruiser and the Inter-Dominion Series. So I found him as our most consistent. He would have polled votes. Stiff not to get the most improved. Uh, yeah, he probably was stiff, but I think I cast no shadow. But he's lucky because I thought this was Victorian Awards. Is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, That's a joke. There was no. Also, no, there was no. There was, there was no real guidelines. So you can do what you want. We're going to do most improved, and it was Australia wide. Well, it'd be Grimson eight votes, seven votes, six votes, five <laughs> votes, four votes, three votes, two votes, and one vote. Don't know. He won the Inter Dominion last year. Who? Grimson. No, not him as a trainer. Every oh, bloody horse that goes to the oh, stable. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry, I'm with you now. All right. Um, ladies in red. I'll just mark that down. Bond most improved. Uh, most consistent horse. Uh, this is the only one I uh, I did get a little bit of. Uh, I phoned a friend. 
So we were talking about a bit of trivia. And How are you, Andy? So Tim Belfrage. Oh, Tim Belfrage. Of course, can just... So the, there were three horses on the most, equal most wins in Victoria for 2022. And the one that was a bit left of centre, Feisty Phoebe, gets my... Um, it's my uh, wow. most consistent. That is left field. That is good. See if you can get a cat. Um, anything in the top ten? This, most, is, not, this is a bit of trivia. Wins. Most wins. Most wins in Victoria for the year. Uh, oh, this is a bit of fun, isn't it? Good feeling. Kafif, in there, was he? Kafif Hustler? Kafif Hustler is there with eight wins. Oh, I'm there on the go. board. There you go. I've got there's, a lot of, there's a lot of higher profile ones you wouldn't, you wouldn't think. Yeah, All right, um, I'll, I'll go through it. Ladies in red, the two-year-old filly, Major Delight? Nope. Well, she's like eight from eight. Yeah, but not a, these are Victorian wins. Oh, yeah, a couple of them when New South Wales. Celestial Gossip. Oh, yeah. You've already discussed. Nine. Cravash Door. Nine wins. Really? Fe- Feisty Phoebe, nine. These are the eight, eight winners. Um, better Sport, Kofifi Hustler, Kiwi Kalahari, Rockin' With Attitude. It tells you how many opportunities the young trotters get. Mm. Kravash Dor and, um, and Rockman That is you Thomas Heights Yes One of your old mates He's one of my old mates Interest free Pediante And Mighty Flying Out There you go That's mm. good That's good Alright Thanks Belf Yeah on your Belf On your Jace Thanks Bond yeah, Well cool. done Bond I don't know Most consistent participants Temme <clears throat> Yeah well I've uh, I've stretched the boundaries Of the <coughs> word participant Just a touch But I don't think I'll get any arguments No here. rules here mate No there isn't <coughs> There isn't Well we're going into state too So there's clearly not I reckon I know Who you're going to go with here So do I Racials DM Dan Malecki Yeah mm. He, uh, and this is not a knock on him. Uh, you, you sort of put this as the third place getter in the best of first. Dan could be one, two, three. But from a consistency level, uh, he also, like Ladies in Red, doesn't miss. He'd probably be happy to be sitting alongside Ladies in Red in this category. So Dan Malecki, for his outstanding 2022 season, and we heard one of his calls before, he nailed, as we always knew he would, nailed the Inter-Dominion finals with uh, it, wonderful calls. It's all the one lines that I don't know if people pick them up sometimes. Um, there's been a real twist in this race, Toby. Chubby Check has been scratched. Just those. I thought that's more a Lockie McIntosh. He does uh, them. He does Lockie do does it very good. But Dan does it a lot more than people give him credit for. My favourite Dan Malecki this year was um, uh, the horse has got something joke in its name. Mm. Tell us a joke or something. So they go. So Rob Orber says, uh, Dan, number one here, tell us a joke. And Dan says, okay, a, a dyslexic person walks into a bra. And, that and was, left it at that. And just left it at that. And then <coughs> Rob Orber's, well, this is on Trot's Vision, Rob was like... Uh, didn't, didn't pick up on it? Or? Or, um, <laughs> okay, um, number two, Dan is such and such. Keep cracking jokes, keep cracking jokes. Did the dyslexic person walk into a bra then or not? Yes. In oh, okay, okay, it's cool, okay. Um, <laughs> I, sorry, you go with yours. But Dan, the thing I love most about Dan, and I, I think he's just the best of the best, but it's not even the quips, it's the... It's the education. He knows when to inflect. He knows when to tell you that this is a great performance. He knows yeah, when to... That's right. So if you're watching harness racing in, 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 for the first time or you've only been into it for a couple of months, he's, he's educating you all the time it's, in the run. What, what about at the 300-metre mark where he picks the winner in his voice? Like, and yeah. he's like, Bonington's got out, you know, like he raises Which is why, his voice. And, and you know what? Tim O'Connor hasn't forgiven me for turning away from Radius. And I won't. Right? At Ballarat on night one of the Inter-Dominion series. But it was Dan. Dan yes. said, so what's joined in, so what explodes away. <laughs> so what? 
Radius is kicked back. I'd, I'd walk, I was walking back to my post. <laughs> and Nathan Jack was next to me going, no, no, Dan doesn't get him wrong here. Dan doesn't get him wrong. I said, Nathan, just hold. <laughs> hold? And I never saw Nathan again. <laughs> Good old Radius. He should get an award, but he's not going to, unfortunately. Uh, most consistent for me, uh, Ben Yol. 4,661 starters. That'll <laughs> have, a, have a go. Most Next highest... 1,376, Grant Dixon. So he's had 3,300 more starters than anyone else, 380 winners across the year, and his Vic Venture has netted 72 wins from 531. That's been the big win. That has been a big win for him. It's been been great, and um, they've filled up fields, and people sort of have a bit of an issue with him having nine or ten runners in a race, but I always say to people, you train a winner somewhere, and you can't remember the other trainers in that race. Thomas Heights won seven races in a row. You couldn't name one trainer that had a horse in the race against him, you know. So don't worry about who's trained on all the other horses. Train your own horse. Win your own race. Don't worry about who's training the others. Ben uh, has to be most consistent. Keep ba- backing up week after week with what's well, nearly 100 starters a week. It's, he's had a great year. And pretty I, amazing. But I think he's Victorian. What he's done in Victoria has been... Uh, worthy of a big round of applause as well. well. He's, he's fifth or sixth on the leading trainers. Yeah. Which is a staggering. He's trained as many winners as Andy Gath in Victoria. Bon. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make much... But, yeah, that's good. He's doing a good job. He's got a lot of horses. He's got a lot of horses. Yeah. Most consistent. Uh, I've gone a little bit down the same road as uh, Toc. She is a participant, but... Yes, yeah, so I'm saying... No. Desi G? No. Um... The woman that Shannon O'Sullivan will aspire to be someday, oh, if, if everything, if she keeps going on a very fast upward trajectory called Brittany Graham, who is everywhere, everywhere, she goes, she, there wouldn't be a track, and i tell you what, she'd be asking to go to the other tracks that she's not going to, and then she comes down here, Brittany, and spends the entire time here, puts herself on the line, because, you know, you're a media personality. You can live and breathe off that. She's so good at what she does. You can live and breathe off that. Then comes down here and puts herself under physical and emotional and psychological pressure because if the horse doesn't qualify, Majestic Harry, for the final, no, she really would have been devastated. Nothing lost, though. No, but it's like uh, there is no other example in sport of somebody who's playing at the elite level who's, like... You don't see somebody jump off out of the midfield and just go to the commentary box and say, oh, I'm just going to do this for a bit and I'm just going to jump back in. What yeah, I'm going to try and do is just feed it out and then we're going to kick three in the third quarter. So um, she's just unbelievable. Uh, I, I I hope she can keep doing it for a long time because it's like it's an incredible amount of work to do what she's doing at home and then going to Sky and then go to all the tracks in the weekends. But she's my most consistent. Majestic Harry's first start in Australia, Garrick Knight declared him in an up to 55 at Albion Park on a Thursday and he went around $4.80. Yeah, right. If we missed a horse here that uh, should have been most improved as well. He was close, Majestic Harry would have to be. Yeah, good one, good one, Bon. Let's get a breakaway and we'll come back with the, with, big, ones. With the big ones. The runners-up, best and fairest, and the best and fairest. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. But not close enough. Majestuoso wins it. Majestuoso from Wobbly and I'm ready. Jet another mighty run. Majestuoso is my runners-up best and fairest. $395,000. 
Uh, won the Great Southern Star VL Dullard Cup, Australian Trotters Grand Prix, and second in the Inter Dominion final. And to put it in perspective, beat Just Believe in two of those. Just Believe's won 278,000. So, Majestuoso, my runners up, best and fairest, Tim. We've got to whip through these, I think. We're oh, running a little uh, bit. Yeah, we've yes. got six minutes. My uh, horse runner up is um, look, he's probably, I mean, he hasn't raced at the elite top level yet against the open class horses, but I just can't. Um, Stop thinking about what he's going to do for this sport, and he's a bit of a dark horse, but he's not a uh, he's a very well known name. Captain Ravishing will he's go runner up he's for baying. me, mm. and uh, for what he did, I was there that night at Ballarat when he went a 25 flat, I think, uh, last quarter, and then he just went on, he broke a uh, track record at Kilmore after that, and then obviously he smashed the Melton 22 40 meter track record sitting parked on a wet night for probably. I think most would agree the performance of the year. So, Run, Captain Ravishing. Runners-up, best and fairest. He's played two good, good games for yeah, the year. Well, he's more, he's, more run, he's my runner-up as well. A few more than two. It's the first time we've aligned. How, how's he polled votes? When's he uh, polled votes? Uh, I'll tell you what. I give extra votes if, for outstanding performance. If you could actually um, take the temperature of everybody in the crowd on Breeders' Crown final night when he did what he did, oh, he there? gets all the votes. I'll see I was I was walking through the crowd, mm-hmm. and people were flabbergasted in a way that you you get flabbergasted by sport, particularly if you've been watching for a lot of years. It doesn't happen too often. It, you don't you don't you don't feel it, that way watching it, sport that often. In footy terms, he's had sixty and kicked fifteen goals, right? But he's still only get three votes. No, what he's done is he's not in my system. I don't know what system <laughs> you're running. You, you, you can have whatever, whatever, you, can have whatever <laughs> you want. I tell you what, I, I reckon I'd remember if, it, if I was watching a footy match and a player got sixty possessions to kick fifteen goals, I'd also give them runner up in the best of fairness. <laughs> just, just on that one performance alone. Yep. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Very good. I don't think that's happened before. Human, human. Who are you with? James Herbertson. There's a little bit of love here between James and I, as, as you all know. Um, I don't know if you were on then, Jase. Hopefully you were. Uh, 200, 225 wins, 1,628 drives, the most drives of anyone in Australia. So to keep buttering up day after day. And third in the Australian title, but the Australian title for Victorians, I reckon, a bit harder than the other states. I think we've got greater depth than the other states. And, you know, he's driving against Greg Sugars, Chris Elford, Kate Gath, Jack Law, etc. We've got more tracks than anyone. We're spread out further than anyone. And we have double-up meetings like Queensland... At one meeting a day, so Pete McMillan goes to every single meeting. Herbie mm. can't get to every single. He'd do meeting. the most K's of anyone, wouldn't he? He would do the most K's. So runner-up, best and fairest for humans, the great James Herbert. Runner-up for me is Mark Pitt with uh, 564 runners, 221 wins, a strike rate of 39.18. Outstanding season from Pitty. I know he gets the cattle, but uh, to still deliver at that level is worthy of a runner-up performance, in my opinion. And we've aligned again, but this time I've aligned with the Wombat. Jimmy, uh, the love bug, he's... Um, geez, I gave, I gave him a savage spray after he offered <laughs> me some uh, playing chips. At, uh, <laughs> that's probably what... That's the most improved uh, performance from you there. Right there. That was a savage spray, but he's a, he's a legend. Three I minutes. love him. Three minutes for the <clears> best <throat> and fairest count award. And I went with Leap to Fame, 12 starts this year, 9 wins. New South Wales Derby, where Captain Ravishing ran 10th. Queensland Derby from Gate 11. Victorian Derby in 154 4 28-8, 28-8, 27-5, 28-7. He also won the New South Wales Breeders' Challenge. I think he should win the Australian Horse of the Year. 
He did get beaten once, really. He ran third in the Rising Sun to Ladies in Red and Better Eclipse as a three-year-old. My best and fairest and Australian horse of the year, I think, should be Leap to Fame. Tim. Well argued. Well done to Leap to Fame. That deserves a round of applause. I'm going with Majestuoso. I couldn't believe this when I went through the Group 1 stats last night. He's had six Group 1 starts in 2022. He's won five of them and got beaten uh, into second in the other. That is outstanding form. Uh, an outstanding season. So Majestuoso in the trotting ranks takes it out for me. Uh, got no doubt about this one. My, it's not a, it's not a racehorse, but Captain Treacherous is my nice. Uh, nice. My three. He to me, he has been the story, the horse story of 2022. Everyone wanted a Captain Treacherous. They didn't perform most of them straight away. He's clearly taken over from Better's Delight. He, he will now be the number one. Uh, sire in this part of the world for many years to come. And the thing is, he's not just producing good horses. <laughs> Wombat's laughing at um, He's producing <laughs> freaks. Like Captain Ravishing, Catch a Wave, inso- all these horses are freaks. LB so. Ashwood said Herbie wins the most frugal award, but that's not exactly the words he used. Uh, I think you were. I think tight ass might have been what he went with, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Best and fairest participant. Uh, just say ding if you agree. I can't imagine you could disagree with Emma Stewart. 290 wins, 5.2 million stakes, nigh on 40%. Ding, she gets it for me comfortably with uh, a strike rate of 39, uh, 39.56, just tipping out Mark Pitt's strike rate. I, I, Sorry, Mr. Two Decimal Places. I know, but I'd just go a little bit further than you. I and, had 39.56, but I want to let you add something. Thank you very much. Uh, and they've got an emerging star in their stable too. A couple. You, oh, no, there's one in particular. Oh, where's the girl? Where's the girl? <laughs> no, but Emma Stewart for me, clearly well done. Um, I'm, and I'm going to go with Andy Gath, not only because he's an amazing trainer, but... He's uh, media and everything. Just about everybody gives up their time, but Andy to come and do burning questions, he's always prepared to help out at any given time. He's an unbelievably good thinker about the sport. He gives people an insight that other people don't or can't give in terms of what it's like to be a, a top-level trainer a lot of the time. So, Andrew Patrick Gath, Australian Pacing Gold, APG, gets the three votes for me. Yeah, very good. Thank you, gentlemen. We've got about 20 seconds till we crash into a break. Uh, thank you both for coming in. I think it was great God, fun and uh, different ways to look at the sport, and yep. that's how this sport is. Same. And any disagreements, send all your correspondence to Toby McKinnon at gmail.com. Is that it? Timberfence at gmail. That's it. That's, oh, for d- that's a big mistake giving that out. <laughs> yeah. Cheerio. Au revoir. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Hang on a second. We've double-clicked on the ad break. So that means uh, there may not be an ad break. So we can keep talking. You need us to keep talking. Yeah, we, we can, can do that. Talking. I've double-clicked on the ad break. So you know what that means? It just skips the ad break. We'll just hold that lunch. You can't skip an ad break, though. I don't know. Bob's! We need technical help. I don't know. You can't just give an ad break. The station will shut down. Hutchie will be in here. On the pots and pans. Get down under the desk. Hutchie's in here. There's every chance that this isn't going to air because I I think the ad break does still play out, Jason. Somebody let us know. Can you hear us out there? Send us a text on... 0499-736-736. Right now number. to tell us if you can, can hear you us. Hear us? Bri- Brian from Adelaide sent through, we have Queen Treachery in race one tonight, fingers crossed. Good luck. Good, good luck, luck. Brian. Uh, nice to have you. It's like Queen Lider and Treachery all in one. It must be a pretty good horse. Big fella says a horse, a horse that has had three starts in Australia and has won two and placed second in the other yes. um, is from Tracy. Or, or she, big fella's obviously um, driving or something. By the way, which was a... 
pretty good second. He's his Very vote, the most consistent for only having the three starts. So that's obviously where's the gold. And any big plans for where's the gold coming, Tim, that you're aware of? Chariots of Fire has been mentioned. Go with that. Oh, I'm going with it. Uh, it's been mentioned. So, yes, uh, might be the most improved horse next year. Let's hope. Did anybody have anybody that j- just missed out? One person I wanted to put in somewhere was Alan Tormey. Had a great year. Because I interviewed Alan about 10 years ago when she was a concession driver and she was saying, I've got a few more wins left in me and I won't be in the game anymore. I'll I'll drive my claim and I'll be done. And I think I think Alan is driving better yes. now than she ever has at any stage of her career. I saw, well, yeah, well said. I saw her drive uh, a horse. I think it was Orama for um, Scott Garraway at Mildura during the week, and it was an absolute copybook uh, drive. Speed to the front. And she's just gotten better and better and better and better. She's always had talent, but she's gotten better nearly every year. I think she's at, at the peak of her powers. Andrew Voslick, I had, I thought about. He's trained fifty-one winners this year yep. for Mildura. Like it's a pretty good effort to train a winner. Still, which King Solomon Mildura. had a one during the carnival. Eh? Oh yeah, still hasn't got out, has he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Sean McNulty probably for I reckon deserves uh, a pat on the back for the celebration at Sananad. It was a good celebration. Did the hat go on the roof? The hat went on the roof, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that was up there. And uh, he's a pretty good fella, uh, Sean McNulty. You know what? Even if, if nobody can hear this, we can still podcast it, Charlie, anyway. With this yeah, this no, lovely little this chat. This might be our best segment. It will, <laughs> it, it will be podcasted. Is it going out or not? No, it's not. It's in the ad breaking up. That's all right. But this will still get podcasted. We can podcast it. 100%. Might still finish it up. If, if we're not on well, air, we might still finish it up here. You know, uh, you had a horse for best club person. I had isolation. 50 starts, nine wins, 15 placings originally. Crossed him out. Don't talk to yeah. me about isolation. 50 look. starts in a season. Good feelings, Scotty. Just. I'll give you that. Isolation was my brother's or starts. A bit too much. Yeah. A bit too much. What's the word when you favour? Nepotism. Me? Nepotism. Thanks. Thanks, Jason. Do you know who was sitting next to Tim O'Connor on a Jetstar flight to, uh, never to the guess. Gold Coast, though? Uh, it was Dr. Carl Kennedy. <laughs> it was Alan Fletcher. It was actually Dubai. He was there so we could roll up to Tim when and I, say, for a day. have you ever thought about having Jennifer Hanson on the coverage? With the trot? No. All right. <laughs> Jason. That's, no, that's trivia. Yeah, that is trivia. All right, uh, we've got about 40, 30 seconds to go in this. Are we, sorry, are we on or not? No, we're, we're not. We're not, but we, we're winding it up. I've never done this before. Had a radio segment where no one's listening apart from us. Nim's just, just saying we are, we are on. No, we're not. No, we're just going. He just says go for it. He just says go. Keep talking. One of the great hosts of Trot's Talk over the years too. Nim's yeah. Well. One of the great. Uh, probably the only. Can you yeah. name another one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right, let's, Au revoir for now. let's wrap this up. Uh, we'll be back live. Uh, we're probably back live now, actually. We are back live now. We just talked our way through the whole ad break. It's recorded. Uh, for those that want to hear it, it'll be on the podcast. Jason and Tim and Toby in the worst four minutes of radio ever made. Thank you, gentlemen. Tim O'Connor will be back short. Uh, Tim O'Connor. Mick Guerin will be back after the break. And Jamie Gokshar on the back nine in Trot's Life. To Thursday Trot's Life. With Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Welcome back to Trot's Life. 
And for many listeners this year, this has been their favourite segment of the entire week on Trot's Life. He tells it as it is. He's clear and concise in his thoughts and opinions. Mick Gurren, Mick, how are you, mate? And uh, where about are you today as you travel all over backwards and forwards and here, there and everywhere? Good morning or good afternoon, Toby. It is now, so good afternoon to you and all our listeners. Uh, I'm in Auckland today. I've got a couple of other gigs coming up, but I'm uh, pretty much here for the next two weeks, which will be nice to to go to some racing. There'll be a lot of harness racing here. The Premiership in New Zealand's going down to the wire, the Trainers Premiership. We have a lot of gallop action here as well, too. We have big racing at Pukakoi on uh, on Boxing Day. And, yeah, we'll do a couple of weeks here, make sure the right thing happens, and then head to the Gold Coast for the sales. And then we start travelling again, Toby. So I think I've got about 28 flights for next season already. So... We've got a fair bit going on, lots, lots going on, but it'll be nice to be home for a couple of weeks. So Stephen, Amanda Telfer at 94 wins and Mark Burden and Hayden Cullen at 93. So when you say it's going down to the wire, it is going to go down to the wire. Yeah, well, Mark and Hayden only have a couple of horses entered over the weekend, whereas Stephen and Amanda had a lot more. And they probably have three or four winning chances. Mark and Hayden should probably win two. But here's the thing, because they actually bet on the premierships. Um Steve and Amanda will race at three different venues next week, maybe four. Uh, whereas I think Mark and Hayden are done. I think after Saturday night, that's been done. So pretty much it's a fader complete, unless something really odd happens, um, that Steve Telfer and Amanda, who's his sister, will become New Zealand's premier trainers. And what would stun a lot of people... That means it'll be four years since the All-Stars, whether that was Mark Purden with Hayden Allen or Mark Purden with mm. Natalie Rashmuffin, have won the Premiership in New Zealand because Robert Dunn has won it the last two years. So a lot of people would think, much like Emma Stewart, it's just a matter that they just line up and win everything and therefore they would be the champion trainers. Well, that's actually not going to be the case. So, so yeah, Robert Dunn with 124 last year, so it's spread out a bit more even this year. Stephen Amanda Telfer, 95. Michael House was 122 uh, last year. We, we're used to much bigger numbers over here in Australia. Uh, that is for sure, mate. Yeah, well, look, Mark and Hayden would only have horses most weeks race Friday night, maybe Sunday. That'd be it. Hmm. So they, would, they, they wouldn't line up a horse Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, New Zealand most weeks. And there's virtually no Saturday harness racing here. So, yeah, really interesting time for the premierships. Um, obviously, things are going to change. Nathan Purden, I wouldn't suggest, will join Mark in partnership after coming back from Victoria. And Hayden Cullen's off to join Team Telfer, who, who will only get bigger. And I reckon they'll certainties for the premiership next season. That away, uh, that aside, I should say, we've had some really interesting Group 1 racing over the last week. We've had a couple of big-name retirements, though. Spankham's... As good as retired, he's done a pedal bone. He's, he's seven, so I doubt he'll be back. And darling me, who was going to be coming or going to Menangle, she's been retired, the daughter of Adore Me. She's gone 151, so she's worth a stack of money. And True Fantasy's been retired. So I, I think it's a really interesting situation we find ourselves in now that this season is a calendar year. We're getting close to December 31. And now I think on both sides of the Tasman, there's a lot of tired horses. There's tired horses and there's tired people. People are tired and grumpy and, you know, they're bucket. They've had a bloody long time because I still don't think the harness people have got their heads around the fact that, you know, winter is now the time when you're going to need to take your breaks because once yeah. we all put the pedal to the middle, 
November, December, January, February, March, you know, through to those big races. It really is going to be no days off type stuff for those leading trainers and drivers for what's going to be sort of a five-month period now, Toby. So, yeah, I'm hoping people do the right thing by themselves and say to each other, look, you know, June and July, we're going to need to bugger off somewhere. That's probably not aided by the fact that Queensland have raised stakes today. The Blacks of Fakes go into 400,000. The... Uh, the sunshine sprints going to 200 and the trotters up to 100, which is all wonderful, wonderful stuff. But yes, I think people still need to get their heads around the fact that we're going to need to find a break somewhere because uh, people can't work 365. Well, well, that might be the, that might be the solution to the problem for some. Take take two horses to Queensland, give the rest a few weeks off, and and have a working holiday in Queensland. Well, that's what I think. Eventually, as much as I enjoyed the Inter Dominions in Victoria, I think eventually it's where the Inter Dominion belongs. I think you could say to yourself, let's put it somewhere like then, whether it's earlier or later, and people want to go there. I'll go next year, God willing, um, in December, but I don't really want to be hacking around Queensland in the middle of summer. And I I think if you're going to talk about travelling horses, it's an incredibly difficult thing for some people to do so. But the Inter Dominions is something we've spoken about a lot. We both know there's changes needed there, Toby, financially. Um, and maybe there's more security about where it's going to be every year. But I still think deep down inside, as much as I really enjoyed the carnival recently, I think Victoria has enough big racing with the Vic Bread, the Breeders' Crown, obviously the Victoria Cup and the uh, the wonderful weekend, which is Hunter Cup weekend, with the lead-up races like the Chef Cup and Ballarat. I think there's enough good racing in Victoria that if the Inter-Dominions wasn't part of the three-yearly schedule, I don't think too many people would miss it. And I'm not being horrible in saying that. I just think there's enough good racing in Victoria. You almost don't need it. But from a Queensland perspective, are they sort of, you know, ruining their own carnival if they run the Inter-Dominion Carnival every year? Because then, like someone like me, I'm not going to go to both, so then I've got to choose between which one I go to. And at the moment, like, I'm just happy to go up to the Blacks of Fake Carnival each year. Do you know what I mean? I agree. 100% agree. I just... um, what would be really tempting for me is this, and this sounds horrible, but it's still true. You don't have to hold the Blacks of Fake. You now, just, just hold them to Dominions, get the money from the Blacks of Fake, and make a million dollar into Dominion. Because a lot more people are going to turn up at Albion Park or the new track in a couple of years for an into Dominion. And people might say, well, then you're losing the Blacks of Fake. Well, I, the money still stays in the system. It's just more money going to the into Dominion pacing final. So, I have the same argument about, you know, the trotting slot race in New Zealand, which this week didn't get off the ground for next year. It was going to get off the ground. I would have been happy to see them say, look, let's swallow the Anzac Cup. It's 100 grand. Let's get rid of it and put the money into the trot slot race because those big bang events get people's imagination going. And the Black Fake's a hell of a big deal at 400 grand. But in the week leading up to the Black Fake, unless you live in Queensland, zero people are talking about it. And that's not being mean to it because it's the same thing happens for the, the Fremantle Cup and the WA Cup. Whereas if you put that money into an Inter-Dominion Toby, um, you still have the same horses. So the money stays in the same pool because the same horses are getting that pool of money. And I don't think you lose anything out of it. Mick, Mick I think the 2000 Inter-Dominion was the best ever. And in that series, right, the Hunter Cup and the Victoria Cup were part of the point system to the Inter-Dominion series. So... For extra points. Basically, if you won either of those races, you made it into the Inter-Dominion final. 
maybe there's some there's an answer or a solution in there. Does the Blacks of Fake drop back to a hundred thousand dollar race and become part of the heats of the Inter Dominion series, if that makes sense? Is that crazy? I, I know what you're saying. I've thought about it in that regard too. But the thing about it is, I still think unless the Inter Dominions gets to a million dollars. We're yeah. all kidding ourselves. Yeah, right? yeah, no, no right. one in New Zealand thinks... There's not a person in New Zealand who thinks the Inter Dominion is the biggest race in Australasia because it's not. Yeah. That's just... People want, it might be the most important race in their minds, but that's people holding on to what they believed 20 years ago. It hasn't been for a long time. I mean, the Miracle Mile is worth a million dollars. Um, and the race by Grins is worth a million dollars, and then there's the race in Perth worth a million, and, and then there's obviously the uh, the other Eureka. race, which Eureka. is worth two million. Eureka, which I keep forgetting the name of. So, uh, and, and to be perfectly honest, because it's only open to Australian bred horses, it will have a minimal impact outside a couple of states as well, which is really terrible to say, and I fully understand what they're doing in saying that. But, um, yeah, so with the Inter Dominion, it's got to be a million dollars. Otherwise, people will look at the industry and go... How's your biggest race half a million? Like if somebody told you mm, mm. the Melbourne Cup was two million, you'd laugh. Mm. And it's not to be laughed at because it's still an incredibly big deal and people would still want to win it, but it doesn't deserve to be two million dollars. And the Inter Dominion definitely doesn't deserve to be only a hundred grand more than the Blacks are fake or the WA Cup, which most people listening to this won't even watch. So I think you can swallow these races and make them into other things. One of the harness racing's problems is people that think, oh, well, this is, this is, this and this is that we can't change them. In an industry this small, where you probably have 10 administrators who actually have any power, you change whatever you want. Hmm. They change the miracle mile from the end of November till March. It hasn't affected anybody's life at all. So I think there's no reason we can't change these things. They invented the race by grids. And at the moment... The race by Grins will be stronger than the Inter-Dominion final. Absolutely, certainly, 100%. There's no doubt the race by Grins will be stronger than the Inter-Dominion final because it'll have copy that, self-assured, a cooter, probably Majestic Cruiser or maybe the horse who won the Inter-Dominion final, uh, and or, Rock and Roll do. Or Major well, Meister. Well, it, it could have any of those horses, and the bottom line is, that's what a million dollars does. If the race by Grins was $400,000, that wouldn't have any Australians. It's going to be a million dollars, and it will have Australians because they got four out of nine this year. So I think, I'm not saying Queensland have to do this. They can do whatever they want. They're in charge of their own destiny. But I think trying to pretend that half a million dollars is enough for the Inter-Dominion is, is a bit of navel-gazing, which we don't really need to be getting into. Now, who's the... Who will be the best horse in New Zealand, open-age paces? Krug's just beaten Self-Assured and Spankham in the Invercargill Cup, and Copy That is dominating up north. Is Copy That just going to be the best horse over the next 12 months from New Zealand, no. Mick? Or? I think he's the best horse here in, yep. in New Zealand. I still think, as best I can work it out, the best horse in Australasia might be Rock and Roll Do. Yeah. But obviously he, he has some gullibilities. He doesn't handle the standings part, and he's yet to take that form on the road. It's remarkable how many people will... Look, they have state champions, and they have standing start champions and two-mile champions and all sorts of nonsense. You know, and obviously Menangle's a place where some horses love Menangle, but until you take it on the road, it's really hard for it all to matter. And I admire McStanley for taking rock and roll to it on the road, and it'll make him a better horse. Um, I, I still think he might be the most talented of those horses, but he also doesn't have a lot of gate speed, and that's an awfully big problem heading forward. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, if you had the race bike Bruins market open now, Copy That should be favourite. If you had the market open for the Hunter Cup, Rock and Roll Do should be favourite. And anything in between, I just don't know. Self-assured won't come for the Hunter Cup. Um, I do think Copy That still, I wouldn't give up on him in Victoria, but he did start four times there in his latest campaign for one win and three unplaced runs. So I think more and more, and I've been saying this for a couple of years, it very much is horses for courses, or in this case, horses for states. Menangle horses love Menangle. Yeah, Some yeah, horses yeah. are perfectly suited to Melton racing. Um, and obviously the Kiwis are good at what they do at home, but a lot of them get very much out of their comfort zone where they have to do those early burns they have to do in Australia. And that, that's, that's proved to be a really big issue, unless they're Mark Bird and trained horses, which, like Emma Stewart going to Menangle, they seem to adapt. But I think for the mere equines of the world, um, when you have to change what you do every week to something different, it tends to expose most of them. Well, have you got a favourite highlight from the year? Was it copy that in the NZ Cup? Is that your number one highlight? No, the, my favourite highlight was the race by Grins, not so much for the fact of who won it, because that was cool too, but... but it was a true Trans-Tasman race. It was the only true Trans-Tasman race I saw yeah, this year. Yeah, um, he beat, yeah, He beat Majestic Cruiser. You know, he beat Young Trainers. It was very much New Zealand versus Australia. And Harness Racing absolutely needs that to survive for yeah. most people. Like, the Vic Bridge on tomorrow, it'll be fantastic. There'll be some wonderful racing there. But very few people outside people in Bolton, Victoria, will care. And that's not being harsh on the Brookbed. People care when they're involved. And if anybody wants any evidence of that, who won the sprint on the first day at Ascot this year? Everybody knows the King Stan was won by Nature Strip. Who won it the year before? No, and I'll be buggered if 99.9% <laughs> of people would have any chance of aren't of it. They don't know because people care when their countrymen or their states or their mates or whoever are involved. And the New Zealand Cup's proof of that. It's a far better race with the Australians there. And as we saw at the recent Inter-Dominions, they would have been far stronger with copy that, self-assured and Sunday Sun or Muscle Mountain. So I think the more we can do that, Toby, the better. And for that reason, the race bike wins. And I think in the, hopefully the Hunter Cup gets to the same re- way. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, you know, we're going to see more of this heading forward. But that was the highlight to me. Um, the low light, um, if we're sticking to harness racing, uh, the, obviously the passing of Roy Purden, he is a legend, and not many there's not many legends. They don't come much bigger than him. Yeah. He passed away this year, so that was one of those um, one of those uh, milestone moments in the passing of a torch. Even though Roy hadn't trained for a long time, um, there's not many people who you catch with the same breath who are respected worldwide like him. So there were goods and bads in 2022, and Let's see how the game develops in 2023. The one thing I should I would say, having spent a lot of time travelling, Toby, is administrators, drivers, trainers, everybody should be open to change yeah. because there's going to have to be change because the gallops have just swallowed market share in Australia and so have the greyhounds. And the greyhounds, the greyhounds big time. Greyhounds market share is massive. And if harness racing wanted to remain relevant and sexy and cool and have people want to take their missus or their boyfriend or whoever to the races... They've got to say, let's change some stuff up. And I think that's, that's, that starts maybe with the Inter-Dominion. And, and let, let, let's see where we all go with this. But, um, yeah, the one thing I have really enjoyed, probably I, know, I didn't think I'd enjoy it, Toby, mm-hmm. is the change in coverage. I think Trot's vision 
um, uh, I left the studio on into Dominion night really proud of what everybody achieved in Trots Vision. That's a broad spectrum conversation involving Harness Racing Victoria, a lot of tech people. Ryan Phelan was the instigator behind it all. But it also made me sad because I realised that that's how harness racing coverage should be done six to eight to ten to twelve times a year or maybe every Saturday night. Yeah. And Toby McKinnon. In front, three metres on Captain Ravishing is being called on now. Then came Simply Sam. It's Leap to Fame though off the back straight. Captain Ravishing three metres away, but Leap to Fame got away up towards the home turn. A 27.4 third quarter. It's Leap to Fame from Captain Ravishing. The elastic band might be broke now though because Leap to Fame got away on Captain Ravishing. Leap to Fame opened up. Simply Sam down the outside rip and then Major Perry. It's Leap to Fame in front. It's got to be a long straight. Rip's getting home really well, but Leap to Fame's clear, and it's the third derby for the Queenslander. Leap to Fame, what a display and a great drive. Leap to Fame has won. Leap to Fame winning the Victorian derby, and that was a highlight for me. We, I met Tobias Wraith, who broke the horse in up in Queensland. We had him on the show. We had a great interview with Tobias for about, oh, it was a good half an hour. We'll go back and podcast it. Just type in a Google, Trot's Life. Tobias Wraith, R-A-E-T-H, and then Leap to Fame came to Melbourne. He ran that absolutely amazing Victoria Derby. He was my, he's my horse of the year. I think he should win the horse of the year. And those quarters, he went 154.4 over the middle trip at Melton, over the long trip, sorry, 28.8, 28.8, 27.5, 28.7. That is unbelievable for a horse to just reel those four sectionals off uh, really staggering. He put Captain Ravishing to the sword. And now we're all talking about Captain Ravishing. He was brewing in the Breeders' Crown, but uh, Leap to Fame put him to sword in that in that race. And that elevates him. I think he should win Australian Horse of the Year. Majestuoso's probably the Smoky, actually. He's had a wonderful year, Majestuoso. I know he just got beaten in an Inter-Dominion final by Just Believe. But, uh, yeah, I had Leap to Fame as my uh, Horse of the Year and, and the Best and Fairest Award. Let's get our news break away and we'll come back. We've got Jamie on the other side in our Taz Racing segment and he'll give out some awards for Taz Racing as well. Still does, Jamie Cockshut. No use to rule the world. He still rules the world. Jamie Cockshut, our Taz Racing correspondent all the way from Vietnam, mate. Uh, Jamie, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Tom. How about yourself? Yeah, really good, mate. Uh, it's been a... We did a show in the first hour, or the show in the first hour, with uh, Tim O'Connor and Jason Bonington. We went through our best and fairest and runner-up best and fairest. We looked at things very differently, uh, best club people and uh, best, most consistent, most improved, and I threw the same task to you as well. So we'll work through those shortly, but it was a lot of great fun in the first hour, mate. Yeah, no, I'm sure it would have been, mate. No, it's, it's pretty um, pretty interesting, the, the concept you put to me last night going yeah. through. And I've got a few out of left field, mate. People might think, oh, why, why this, why that? But that's who I am, mate. I'm, I'm always a bit out of left field and everything I do, Cobber. Yeah, and there was no rhyme or reason to it. I had uh, my most consistent award. I went with Ben Yol. He's 4,661 starters is pretty amazing to butter up. It's basically 100 starters a week, week in, week out. 
Uh, the next most in Australia is 1376, Grant Dixon. He's produced the 380 winners, 72 of those in Victoria. And so he's been well covered, Ben, <laughs> earlier in the show, mate, uh, from the Taz Racing perspective anyway. So we should get a few left of centre from you. And uh, we did it. We did it from sort of the back to front order, starting with our best clubman. So I'll hand it over to you for a best clubman, which in a footy awards is the person that's cleaning the rooms up after the, and you know, after the games and doing all the little things around the place. So I no doubt this will be someone of great interest for the best clubman award in Taz racing. Yeah. Well, just touch on Ben, mate. I can do everything you said, Toby, you know, what he's been able to do, the numbers and just the geography of it, mate. It's just, oh, I'll, I'll, we'll never see it again. Nobody will ever do what Ben does. Um, you know, them sort of runners and, you know, just you got to take your head off to him. But, yeah, you know, I knew you'd cover him pretty well, mate, because um, you've got a soft spot for him and what he does in racing in Australia. Like, we all do. We all do, mate. He does an amazing job. But we'll go to the best clubman. Um, yeah, this is a tricky one, but I'm going to mention um, Sean Kennedy. He's a young fellow that's been in the game probably 20 years, just podded around with one or two, but he took on the role of president of Botcher of oh, probably 18 months ago. I think we had him on the show once, Toby. And, uh, yeah, we did. He's just he's just a tireless worker. He's been pushing and pushing to get policies done with you know the racing bodies in Tasmania, um, which not a lot of people have had a lot of success over the years doing so. And he's, he's slowly winning the battle. Um, it's a voluntary role, so you don't get paid to do anything, mate. Tireless hours, meeting, travelling up north and south. And he's someone that probably not many people would, would think of, but um, I just want to give him a big pat on the back, mate, for all the hard work he's done for Botcher and trying to shape Tasmanian harness racing for the better going into the future. And the other one, the runner-up, we'll, we'll give to Heath Woods. Um, he's, he's just a hobby trainer, mate. He's only got a small team. He retired from delivering the... He used to work for Australia Pace for 15-odd years. He retired from that three three years ago, maybe, or maybe four after a 10 or 12-year hiatus. And what he's done is he's just come back and he's just done a super job. You know, his stable starts are shallows, but he's only got three or four in work and every horse that he's got goes to the races, tries their best. And for a small stable like he's got, you know, he very rarely travels up north because he's based down south, but, you know, he just deserves a big pat on the back just for the, the small team he's got in this yeah, you know, more or less a consistency of his horse's performance. But so I, I stuck him in the best clubman um, vote just because of that, mate, because I've got someone else in the most consistent. Yeah, fair enough. Now, I've just got a little bit of audio queued up here, and uh, it's a bit of a – it's not quite an award, but it's a bit of a special mention that uh, I know you wanted to do as well. So we should – hopefully this audio works, and, and then I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Quality made for one sprint at them with 40 metres left to go. Third quarter in 29. Now he comes with Riley Major. Out wider on the track comes Arden. Roanoke starts to wind up. Comiecta from further back in the field with Cullen Byrne. They turn top of the straight. Here comes Riley Major out wide with Arden. Roanoke. They go up towards the lead. Riley Major takes lead off jawbreaker. Down the outside comes Cormie Hector running on well. And also Arden. Roanoke. Riley Major in front. Here comes Hector the outside. Cormie Hector over the top. The Hector the infector. Hector. Call me Hector up and meet Riley Major in a surprise. Then followed home by Arden Roanoke from... Jamie, that was Call Me Hector winning a golden apple heat from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the thing about Tasmanian Harness last weekend was 
the um, the sad news that came through about Corby Hector. He was involved in a fall in the Danbury Park Cup. Um, tipped his driver, owner and trainer out, Matty Cooper, and he, he actually got away and yeah, he just suffered some injuries that where he couldn't be saved. I think it was three joints in his leg he just snapped and sadly he had to be put down, mate, which is which is you know, we never ever want to see that, but the reality is it does happen in life in all aspects of life. But um he came across to Tasmania to Matty Cooper like David David Russell Jack, I think had him mate, you know, so very good horseman. Um, he came across to Matty Cooper, who's just a, a hobby trainer, mate. Only had a couple in work, but he did have the mare call her Julie, um, which was originally owned by the same connection. So they sent him down, called me Hector, and you know he only came down here. I think he'd won eight races over in New South Wales, and he came down here pretty lowly rated, but he won his first couple, and you know, and we thought, geez, this horse goes okay. Yeah. And cut a long story short, mate, he ended up winning 15 races for Matty Cooper. Um, over probably a three-year period. He did own the two-mile records in Tasmania. I don't know if he still owns them. I think he's got one. I think he might have the longest one. I'm not sure, but I think Sonny Sands took the Hobart one off him. Um, but it's just the bloke who owns trainer, Matty Cooper. He's, he's a bit out there. Everybody will know that. And he's laid up in hospital at the moment, mate. We're feeling a bit sorry for himself over a few broken bones. But... Um, He'd be devastated, mate, because he weren't just a horse to Matty. He was his best mate, you know, and he put Matty's name up in lights, winning, you know, numerous feature races and and all that. And, you know, Matty drove him for 12 wins. Troy McDonald won a couple on him. I think Justin Campbell won one on him at Melton as well. And, and Dylan Ford might have even got a win on him. Um, but he was just, you know, he was just a horse that everybody just used to attract him, maybe because of the name. You know, Matty Robertson's calling, calling Hector yeah. the Collector and all that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it just resonated with, with with all the with all the local people, and um, you know, like just his racing style. He'd go up and bore the pressure on Matty. He wouldn't he'd hold no prisoners, mate. If you held the lead, he'd bore it up to you, and yeah, you know, he'd make it a staying test. And you know, most times, you know, Hector would come out on top. He was just a super horse, and he's going to be sadly missed by all in Tasmania. And and you know, more than Matty, I just hope he gets over it. And it's going to take him a it's going to take him a while, mate, because. You know, the horse be- ended up becoming a bit of a cult figure at Tasmanian Harness Racing, to be honest. And his win a few weeks ago was just synonymous with him. Like, Matty had been on the sidelines for a, for a 12-month period, I think, um, from an indiscretion. But, you know, he got him back to his best winning off 30 metres. He beat Riley Major, as, as you just heard. And he was off 30 metres as well. And so he was, he was still racing at the peak of his powers when the tragedy happened and, yeah, it's a bit sad, mate. You can hear it in my voice, even though I'm not connected yeah. to the horse. But, you know, I, I wrote a story about him 18 months ago about Matty and the horse and just talking to Matty. You, you just knew how much the horse meant to him. And, um, yeah, just rest in peace. You know, I used to call him Hector the Check Collector because he was an ATM machine. He just used to keep earning <laughs> money for his connection. And, yeah, he's going to be sadly missed, mate. And, um, you know, there's always there's going to be a star shining up there brightly for Matty to to sit back at Oatlands when he's when he's feeling a bit down, having a beer or a beer or a beer and that, he'll be up there looking above, mate, and just thinking of all them great memories Hector brought him over the last three to four years. Beautiful sentiments, mate. Uh, the, the awards have been a bit lighthearted, but uh, that was probably a serious one. I don't even know what we call that award, but uh, great to reflect on. Call me Hector and his, and his magic career that he has had in Tassie now. Getting back to the other awards, most consistent. Some pretty consistent trainers and drivers down there. Yeah, well, there is. But um, this bloke, 
he's he's Kent, Kent Rattray, mate. He's been around, for, you know, he's the brother of Barry and all that. He's always lived in the shadow of Barry. And Kent only has a small team, but he religiously trains, you know, he's 20-odd winners a year, and he's always got a handy horse in the stable coming through, no, no matter what year it is. And um, he does a great job with the youngsters. He's probably known as one of the best conditioners of young horses. He gets them up and going early. And, you know, Sonny Sands is his stable star. You know, he's got Corrado Artemis coming through, which is sounds as two-year-old in the state as any. And once, once Ken irons out a few issues, you know, he'll, he'll be a really good three-year-old. But he doesn't get a lot of recognition, Kent, but, you know, I just think his consistency has been paramount over the last 10 to 15 years, and he deserves to be mentioned. And if you've got a footy team on the ground, mate, you'd be putting him in no matter what because, you know, he's going to go out there and try his best every time he, he fronts up. Yeah. You you had Elliot Booth down as well. We've only got seven minutes to get through all your tips and the rest of them yet. So, uh, most improved? Most improved? It's a couple of young ones. Matty Howlett's gone to another level in the last 12 months with the emergence of Mickey O. Tried to tell. He took over the training and just getting on better horses. Obviously, the confidence factor, and he's driving with a lot of confidence. He's going ahead in leaps and bounds. Then you've got the young couple. Mitch Ford, he's the state's leading driver. So, he's had a great season, and it'd be just great to see him hold on to win that award. He's only got a, you know, another 10 days to go, and hopefully get a couple of winners on the weekend. And the young up-and-comer, as I've touched on many times, is William Older. Uh, we don't need to say much more about him. I've got a big rap on him, and he's going to definitely go places in the coming years. Um, we'll touch on the best and fairest participant, Todd Ratro. Um, son of Barry, he's another one that's lived in the shadows of Gareth and James over the years, but since he's taken over the training at Corrado Stables, he's definitely come through, and he's just his consistency. Trains 40 to 60 winners a year, drives 40 to 60 winners a year, and he's a great conditioner of his horses, and he's definitely um, up the top of my tree. I've got a lot of respect for Todd. And the runner-up, Mark Yow, mate, he's had the best season he's ever had this year. He drove his first Group 1 winner with got a good reason winning the Tasmania Cup. But it's just not that he's drove Saw Stakes winners, he's drove numerous Country Cup winners. And, you know, when Mark's got his confidence up, there's not many better drivers around, mate. And one thing about him, um, as you've touched on, Toby, he does get him, get him to steps very quickly from the stand, and he's a great driver of the smaller track in Tasmania as well. well last week I said he's, he, I thought he was the best stand start driver in Australia, right? There was five stand starts at Bernie on Friday, and he won four of them. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, well, well, he is, mate. And you mentioned Bernie. He drives Bernie better than anybody, yeah. I'm telling you. You know, yeah. he just, no, he does. He drives Bernie very well. I've been saying that for a couple of years. Best of, so we'll touch on the horses. Best and fairest and runner-up for the horses. Uh, Riley Major, he's only won three races this year, but he's always off the back mark of handicaps. And he's just his model of consistency. And it's just fitting that he won last week. Won the Danbury Park Cup off the 30-metre handicap. Ran second in the Tasmania Cup beyond. Got a good reason off a 30-metre handicap. So he gets the best and fairest for me, mate. He just always gives his all when he goes out there, no matter what conditions of the race. And the runner-up in the coming star is Mickey O. Um, he's, a three, he's a three-year-old. He's emerged. He's very good horse. It's just where we can take the next step. But he's a horse that's uh, put Matty Howell the same up in life, trainer and driver. And a, and a part owner, and it's going to be interesting to see how he goes, but he's got a knack of stepping up when the time comes, and he, he has proved himself to be a genuine finals player. But I've got to give a special mention to Olaf Picaria, who had a great first yeah. season, two-year-old filly, 
and she's another one that stepped up on the big stage. You know, she was everything a heat of the Ericus that come to the final, mate. She just showed them what she's all about, and she made a, a pretty handy field of two-year-old fillies look silly. And yeah, so they're the the best and fairest, and the runner-up of the horse section, Toby. Very good, Jamie. Very well done. Great array of participants and horses from across Tasmania, mate. Take a big, deep breath. I'll give you a break for a few minutes. We'll come back the other side and we'll have three or four minutes to go through your tips for the weekend. No worries, buddy. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life, and I'm joined by Jamie Cockshart in our tipping segment. And one of my highlights of the year, Jamie, and I was when I said to you, give us your best bets for the year, Jamie, and you said, maybe. And I said, Jamie, give us your best bets for the year, and you said, maybe. I said, Jamie, give us your best bets. And you said, maybe. Jamie, now give us your best bets for tomorrow night, please. Uh, we might go race two, number nine, IC double. Don't <laughs> get out of the bag. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go race one, number six, maybe. Very good last week. Um, yeah, like hasn't come back as good as I thought it would, but after its run last week, just finds a winnable race. Drawn six, a push forward, and its main rival's drawn outside it. So that's going to get every chance to get back into the winners list, and looks a good bet in the first. When when I runners come. When I did that, Jake, Jamie, do you remember what you called me on air? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Might have, I call people some crazy names sometimes. You, so I better not repeat on air just in case I did tell you. Said, you said you're a something idiot. And uh, we had to go back and just delete that something <laughs> word out. Oh, did you? Yeah, that'd be me, mate. That'd be me. That'd be it me. was very funny. And it? it got commented on by many people, actually. It was good value. Yeah, uh, yeah value runners, uh, you're seeing double on them. Yeah, no, we are. I see double. He's done the job for us a couple of times. Just resumes from a little freshen up. Gets a good run through. And if he's had his... Well, stick with stepping stones in race four. I tipped it the other week. Um, it was okay, but just done too much work, to be honest. So, from the second line draw, it's going to be driven a bit more, you know, patient. And don't be surprised to see her get over the top of him lately at around the 4 or $5 mark. And over to race nine, number nine. Geez, we're going for the number nine here. Um... Mr. Eagle, um, trained by Adrian Duggan. Just a consistent little horse, and this is probably the weakest race he's been in for a while, and he does get a good run through, and I reckon he can get a good side around the 4 or $5 mark as well. couple of odds, race three, number 12, Sports Illustrator. We're going to get odds because where it's drawn. If it drew a barrier, it'd probably be close to equal favourite, to be honest, but we'll get $10, or $10 from out the back, and he's definitely worth an each way bet in a pretty open race. And race seven, number eight, Roxroy. This horse is getting, getting very close to a win. Drawn to follow the probably like the leader or three pigs. And that's not a bad place to be at Hobart, especially if they do run along up front. So he's one that's going to give a good side around the $12 or $15 mark. We'll go with Quaddy, mate. First leg, one, two, three. Second leg, one, two, four, seven, and 15. Third leg, eight, 10, and 13. And last leg, one, four, five, and 13. $45 give us 25% of the dividend. Very good, mate. Uh, once again, Jamie, thanks for the year we, we've had together on uh, the Taz Racing segment. It's been great fun. I've enjoyed it immensely, and we have a bit of a laugh. But most important, we've had so many wonderful participants and guests and so many great stories across the year. No, that's it, mate. And just to you, mate, you're doing an outstanding job. You're very professional at what you do, mate. It's a pleasure coming on every Thursday, dribbling a bit of... Bit of um, 
bit of shite to you every now and then, mate, about <laughs> Tasmanian harness racing. But we're both passionate, and that's what the main thing is about the harness industry. There's a lot of passionate people, and the more we can promote the sport, that's what it's all about. But just another one, all the participants, all the you know, all the participants, all of our listeners out there, mate, that like to tune in to having a punt, just like to wish them all a very Merry Christmas and most of all a very safe Christmas. And um, let's see if we can... Um, get a few winners over the Christmas period and into the new year as well. Thanks, Jamie. Great sentiments, mate. Cheers, buddy. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon.